What's up, Nashville? Welcome to the Local Wave Conversations with the Nashville Underground. I'm the host, Alex McWilliam. Uh, this week on the podcast, we had Ryan and Lance of this awesome dark wave band called In Parallel. Uh, you can get their new EP, Broken Codes, anywhere you get jams. They actually just recently released it on vinyl, which I bought from them, and you should buy from them too, uh, when they were here in the studio. Uh, fun fact, Ryan used to be in a great band called Hope's Fall, played on an incredible album called The Satellite Years, you may have heard of it, and then uh, and then Lance used to sing for kind of more of a culty band that Ryan joined later called Celebrity uh, in the early 2000s, which is also great, and we talk about, we kind of do a little oral history of Celebrity, and then we get into this awesome new EP, Broken Codes, by In Parallel. Uh, before we get into it, thank you to all of our Patreon people. I super appreciate it. Um, shout out to all you guys. You can go to patreon.com slash the local wave to become a financial supporter of the local wave if you want to do that. And uh, follow us on social media at the local wave. I'm always looking for new bands, new sponsors. I uh, would love to get in touch with you. Uh, so just hit us up everywhere at the local wave. Uh, I want to thank Kyle Monroe also, who probably cut this part out, but I don't care uh, for being very patient with me when I was mowing my lawn and doing this intro. Um, I was late and I'm sorry. And I want to put that on record for everyone to hear. But anyway, let's get into this awesome episode with Lance and Ryan of In Parallel. notifications oh you don't have to do all that no dude i don't think <laughs> changing all of the settings yeah chirping what's up you guys how you doing man i'm you know? good man i'm, I'm good. great i'm feeling good i yeah. love your record i've been jamming that's it all good. day dude that's awesome i appreciate yeah. it uh if you could get maybe like like move it so it's like a couple that? inches away How's that? yeah that's perfect cool um yeah and thanks for doing it no, thanks for having us, yeah. man. I remember I met you. I don't know where did I meet you, Ryan. Or first of all, say your names for the just so people know who's talking. Uh, Lance Black, okay. Ryan Parrish. Yeah. yeah, cool. So, right, I don't remember where I met you, Ryan, but I know we then went on a date after we yeah, met. Yeah, we did. And I basically had an unofficial uh, podcast with you about Hope's Fall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you. Uh, I think. Um, well, I was a big fan of. Um, um, that band Bandit. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. um, I saw that they had tweeted about, um, Overwatcher and I didn't know anything about you guys. So, um, they were like something about check out our friend's new song at rules and checked it out and liked it. And then I think I, I tweeted now. at you guys. Yeah, yeah. Saying I really liked it. Because we were all freaking out because we were like, oh, shit, <laughs> the guitar player for host fall. Thanks for sick. Yeah, so I think that's how it happened. Yeah. And then you messaged me on Twitter, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, any chance I can get. I know, like, you've done podcasts about Hope's Fall before, so yeah. I wasn't really going to 
talk a whole lot about it, but I figured I would bring it up anyway. Yeah, but, absolutely. Um, I did want to talk about celebrity a little bit because we. I don't think there's been a whole lot of like. Have you done many podcasts or anything like that about? This celebrity? is my first podcast. Well, there we go. Period. Boom, easy. <laughs> so I'm probably like way too close to the mic. No, you're doing great. Wrong, so, um, yeah, this is kind of a you guys have a cool convergence here with this this new project in parallel. Yeah. How did it, how did that you guys were in celebrity together, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think it ended a little more quickly than we had hoped it would. Mm-hmm. So that's a whole other story, but but honestly, I think we just wanted to continue on and do something a little bit different than, you know, what we were used to, something a little out of our comfort zone. Yeah. So that's what, you know, in parallel has been about just kind of making ourselves uncomfortable but just making music for ourselves you know just in a room like throwing up some beats like stuff we're not used to at all you know that's got to be kind of scary you know like like doing stuff where you're you're listening to it and thinking like is this cool you know what i mean like yeah Yeah, and so much can go wrong with it too like live especially yeah if you're playing and and your monitors aren't there you can't hear the beat you know you don't know the timing and, and we're so used to you know you know Matt Fine back there just killing the snare and mm-hmm. you know um, it's always easy to stay with the beat when you've got you know someone pushing air behind you but beyond that I mean it's it's been a lot of fun you can be a lot more I think creative in some ways too oh yeah 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 I mean not having a drummer um, at first felt you know very scary um, but I think like Lance said, it pushed us to try things I think we wouldn't have done. I think we would have fallen back on what was comfortable in the way that yeah. we wrote music. And and we had a very good framework in celebrity. Um, and it was a very, na- I don't know if Lance feels this way, but for me, joining the band after the band had already existed, it was a very natural chemistry in the band. And we just write really well together. And then to kind of remove you know, a quarter of that, um, change things up. But I, I'm at, for me, it was actually exciting because it was like, okay, wait, now we can incorporate these electronic elements that have been big influences for us for a long time. Um, band, a lot of bands we love. Like Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, like Nine Inch Nails and Depeche Mode and bands like that that we really loved. Um, um so I, I the one of the things that I find super interesting about your guys' story is you joining you Ryan joining Celebrity because you were a huge fan of Celebrity to begin with, right? Yeah, I was. Uh, it's a crazy crazy story. Uh, I was on the road uh, with Hope's Fall, and we played a show in Long Island with our friend Chris, who ran um, One Day Savior Records, and he was in a band called Sky Came Falling, really cool uh, Long Island hardcore band, and. We stayed with him after the show. Long story short, he's like, I'm putting out a few releases uh, in the next year. I want you guys' feedback. And he just handed us a handful of CDs. And I was, you know, kind of flipping through them. And he was like, I think you're really going to like this band. And um, I was like, okay, cool. We got in the van to drive home. And we start tossing CDs in. And um, I get to the Celebrity Sleep EP. And we put it in and everybody in the van is kind of like, who is this band? And we didn't take it out the rest of the drive. That's my memory. Uh, yeah. We less, listened to it probably six times 
uh, in a row. Back and, when you didn't have iPods or yeah, Spotify. <laughs> yeah. So um, I was a huge fan because when I had heard the band, you know, it was kind of this blend of like 90s shoegaze and some 80s influences that come through in Lance's voice. And it just hit a sweet spot for me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, after I left Hope's Fall and um, that whole thing, um, I got a call from Ryan Rado. He's like, hey, I live with this drummer and they need a guitar player. And uh, that drummer was Matt Fine in Celebrity. Crazy. Yeah. So it's a crazy story. All right, Al. Yeah. Oh, man. He's the Bring connector, man. Together. I'm hoping <laughs> he's got a new, uh, the paintings he's like showing off on Saturday. I'm hoping to get out to see them. Yeah, yeah. he's 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 the best, man. He's a talented guy. Mm-hmm. So what did you think when you first met Matt Ryan? Tell us about the love story. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. Well, even before then, so Rada would tell us about Hope's Fall, and we're like, we always felt like, you know, we're singing poetry, so. <laughs> well, you have others who are screaming poetry. <laughs> right. Um, and, you know, just to, to hear that, you know, Hope's Fall, you know, was digging the stuff that we were doing. We were pretty flattered. Um, I think I wore, like, a Hope's Fall shirt that um, Ryan had given to me, Rado had given to me, um, before even meeting you or anybody in that band. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, um, and it, and it's funny, too, not to go completely off topic but um meeting rado you know like how, how you could probably have a whole podcast about how people oh, like 100%. met rado but yeah. like randomly we were at the tennessee state fair to see weird al yankovic for, <laughs> I, i'm pretty sure jesse like Base pulled players. us all into yeah, it yeah, yeah. Yeah. that's awesome and we're you know we're just walking by like a hot dog stand or something and he looks at us and says are you guys in a band you know and like yeah <laughs> Very timidly, and then yeah. of course, like that was it. Yeah, he doesn't really there. let you not be friends with him. Yeah, I remember I knew him because there's this uh, video. There's a website called Zambui.com oh, yeah. in the early 2000s, yeah. and me being a kid stuck in New Hampshire with no shows to go to or any scene to be involved with, just like lived on Zambui and lived on like Pure Volume and, and all those places. And so Ryan used to have his all interviews. these stupid vi- yeah. yeah, the interviews and then like these videos of him like Can't getting imagine. his back waxed and like, yeah. you know, going around to people at Vanderbilt and fucking with them and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And like and so I used to watch those and think they're so funny. And then I saw a Worker um mm. like early when I first moved here in two thousand eleven or two thousand twelve. And the first time I came up to him and was like gonna tell him how I met him or how I knew him and stuff and before I even started talking, he just taps my foot eleven times. He's like, All right, dude. You're good. You're good. He just like it was just it was awesome. It was just That's like amazing. so crazy. Um, yeah. but yeah, back to celebrity. So yeah, so you know, I I felt bad for Ryan when he first came out because it was just like a a storm. Like right off the bat, he had to he had to learn all the songs, and then immediately we were like, I don't know if we flew there or how oh, we yeah, got we there, did. but we went to New York to do a, a showcase, and. Literally, it was like guys in lab coats, you know, with their clipboards or whatever, just taking notes, watching us play. And that's so weird. And yeah, it was it was one of the weirdest. Like, actually, the coolest part of that was um, running into Lou Reed in the hallway randomly. Whoa, yeah, at SIR um, in New York, which kind of made the whole thing <laughs> yeah worth it. Worth it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, I, and I think some of these guys came right up to Ryan immediately after and were asking, like, <laughs> how many CDs do you guys sell after shows? And What's like, your best uh, market? Yeah. All this stuff. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the pitch was I was on the phone with Matt, and he was like, yeah, we want you to come try out, but you got to learn these songs, and then we're going to fly to New York and play a showcase for Atlantic Records. Oof. So that's... No pressure. That's what we did. It was yeah. crazy. We never went over well with the labels. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lance and I aren't really the, um, yeah. I guess we don't really play the game very well. Right. You know, we're pretty quiet people by nature and weren't really good at selling ourselves to this major yeah. label. Um, and I wasn't even really technically in the band yet. Right. Um, even though I really you, wanted to be. Did you have songs from Lovesick already written at that point or were you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I think. Half a lovesick Love was, was yeah. If if not recorded at that point, I think we might have been like kind of in the middle of all of that. If, yeah. if I remember correctly. So did did you write anything on lovesick, or were you a part I of that process on at all? One or two songs. Yeah, I I played on a couple songs. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean the first two records, it was like, you know, it was basically Ryan and or not Ryan, Jesse and Matt and I. Um, I think, you know, we wanted to keep everything like really self-contained, you know, but um, I think we had tried out several guitar players and it just never felt right. And Ryan coming in and when we finally like settled down and actually like started playing together and like writing, um, it was so natural, you know, back to Ryan's part about like everything, you know, right now feeling a little more unnatural and kind of putting ourselves out there. I mean, we would get in a room, plug in, always reminds me of this old 90 show called catwalk like they'd immediately immediately like plug in they're all like like super good looking <laughs> yeah, yeah people you know not saying they are, but anyway and they immediately start playing a song and it was like a hit song but we uh we would you know get in the room we'd plug in and you know matt and jesse would just go into some new thing they came up with on the spot and ryan and i would immediately play over top of it and then that was a song i would just you know take the melody home and run with it so yeah, I mean, it was so Twilight easy was it was completely written that way yeah just us jamming in a room and it was a lot of fun oh it just felt very natural to, i don't know like you know you you play music with different groups of people throughout your life and you never know if you're gonna you know find that next connection mm -hmm. where you feel like you get in a room and it just makes sense and i don't know if they felt this way but when i came to try out um, I learned the songs kind of by ear, um, you know, and they're like, which song do you want to start with? I was like, let's just play James, which is the first song on sleep. And I mean, as soon as we started, I was like, I, I want to be in this band. And it just felt, it's felt very natural. I mean, 15 mm -hmm. years now of making music together yeah. off and on, which is crazy. They all did get signed at DreamWorks, so that's nothing to... Actually, yeah. <laughs> no. We didn't end up getting signed to DreamWorks. We played a showcase with them, and that's a, actually mm -hmm. another funny story. Um, I'll just make it real quick. So we played this place, and somehow in the middle of our show, um, a bird started doing <laughs> circles around <laughs> our head, like for the entire show. It didn't stop, and literally we just like that's kind of sick. Though. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it if we would have like capitalized on it and and made it like. You know, we planned it. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would have been cool, but we didn't. We looked really awkward, and 
I mean, the whole experience is awkward anyway, but we, uh, yeah, we talked to our manager afterwards and we, I, I don't even know if we even said a word to him. He just looked at us and was like, yeah, they passed. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. There was a lot um, of, right when I came out, you know, it was kind of a, a whirlwind because there was all these labels that were interested and kind of flirting with the band and, you know, it was a lot of major labels and, you know, I was like, whoa, like, you know, cause I'd come from punk rock right. and, and, um, I was like, this could actually be a viable <laughs> means t- to make a living. Um, but you know, for whatever reason, they didn't really work out. Yeah. Uh, and it got, I mean, it would get weird at times. Some mm-hmm. of the things they wanted us to do, some of the video, like when they were, you know, when they were trying to like persuade us to, you know, to go to their label or whatever, they would throw out ideas like, yeah, we'll put you on this soundtrack or we'll, you know, we have this video we're going to do with you and it's going to be awesome. And then we like read the treatment and it's like, you know, I'm on, I'm playing like chicken in a pool with some like <laughs> with some model hot, on my shoulder on his shoulders. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Sounds know. Sounds great. I don't know. <laughs> why you, uh, for most sure bands, they yeah. would jump on that. Right. Um, but wasn't really how we saw our music being yeah, represented. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> But no, so we we ended up going with um, Doghouse Records, yeah, out of Toledo, Ohio. They they were really great to us, and I think we just appreciated the attention that they they paid to us. Yeah, and at the time they had, you know, signed All American Rejects, and you know, they got upstream to a major. Yeah, because this was like right at the the in between of sort of the new metal time and going into like the big emo thing. So you kind of guys sort of fit in this weird. Middle we were ground. definitely weird, like in this weird kind of vortex. We felt as a band. I really felt it, you know, when we went on the road the first time, and they stuck us on the road with. And and I, these are amazing bands. I mean, our first tour was with Every Time I Die, but oh wow, and, and my old band and, and Beautiful Mistake, and we were just fish out of water on a tour like that because, you know, we're playing kind of this melodic, ethereal, alternative rock, and we're with these really heavy bands, and um, so we we felt kind of like especially when we were were on the road full-time, kind of like underdogs a lot Mm. of the time because we never really felt like we fit into any scene. You know, we weren't emo, we weren't hardcore, we weren't post-hardcore. We were kind of... even like alternative rock, which is kind of what the label wanted to be. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think at, at times we felt like we had more of like a camaraderie, you know, with like the other bands and... I don't know, it sounds weird, you know, whatever, cheesy to say, but we were kind of a band's band. Right. And we had, like, a small core of fans that were, like, you know, super fans, and mm-hmm. that was about it. I mean, it, we weren't really a, a marketable band, you know, like, when you take a look at it. I, I think, you know, we just loved what we did, and if people got it, they got it. And if they didn't, they really didn't get it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and they showed it. Yeah, I mean, they, they, at we, shows, it was, it was brutal. We when were they on didn't. some big big tours with like playing to thousand cap rooms and we were the opener and we were a tiny band. I mean, no one knew who we were. And, um, what, what tours were these? Oh, the, every time I die tour, we did halfway and then we got jumped (laughs) in Salt Lake city and had to cancel the rest of the tour. Um, 
which was going to be a whole West Coast run, which was a huge bummer. I had my jaw kicked in and couldn't eat for what? four weeks. Yeah. And Salt Lake City is a brutal, yeah, the straight edge scene there yeah. uh, jumped us essentially. It's oh a long gosh. story, but yeah. Um, so we did that tour, and then we came off the road, and then we did. We uh, did some Juliana Theory. We did a long run with the Juliana Theory. It was Juliana Theory, my old band. Um, (laughs) Awkward. Copeland. (laughs) Copeland was on that run. I think so. Rocket Summer. We did did a run just with Copeland in Rocket Summer. We did a run with Glass Eater in Bayside. So all Um, the big kind of like like emo rock bands yeah so we would play you know and some nights would be good and then other nights we'd look out and well people would just be like glazed over you know and uh, i don't know it was it was interesting (laughs) yeah it was interesting it was interesting to to play to, to rooms of people that you you want them to get it but they just don't get it and Mm. um I think after Salt Lake City, that that event happened. We really had this kind of like chip on our chip shoulder. on our shoulder, yeah. you know. Oh, and, and yeah, I think we felt like we had something to prove every night, and we would put a hundred and ten percent into the performances, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think it was, you know, it was a timing thing, and probably not being packaged with the right bands. But also, there weren't a lot of bands at that time. You know that felt similar. Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. I know we never felt like we completely fit in with any of the bands that I'm trying to think of a band like Juliana Theory. Um, probably made more sense out of some of the bands that we toured with, but we didn't sound anything like Juliana Theory, right? Um, and we shared management with Juliana Theory, cool. so um, that's how we. It, it made sense to to kind of do that, and they were great, and those were great shows. I mean, we got to play the biggest venues of that i ever played you know we played house of blues several times yeah they were i mean they were top dogs for a little while they were in that scene yeah but i mean all that to be said i mean all the bands we went out with were lovely and it was a great opportunity to play with all those different bands um noise ratchet yeah noise ratchet for naming literally every band i listened to yeah (laughs) yeah i don't know how i didn't well and we we got along with most everybody we went out with, which mm-hmm. was cool because the genres were very varied, right. um, yeah. which is cool. Yeah, it made it fun. Yeah. But you guys also kind of seem like it's a little bit of a bummer, you know, because people didn't. I mean, as much as you're saying, like, it's fun, like, it it, it seems like by the time, so by the time Mining <clears throat> Twilight comes out, um, are you guys kind of jaded at that point that... Ooh, oh, that's well, a loaded that, question. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's a lot that goes into that. Well, I read a, I read a bit about it to, um, today when I was researching. So, oh know. yeah, yeah. I mean, well, a the band was in a weird place because I know, um, you know, Matt and Jesse kind of did their own thing for a little bit with this other band they were recording with, and I think Ryan and I were finishing up the record. But also, you know, I was I was in the middle of a divorce and I've, I had a kid in the hospital and there was just stuff going on in my life that was crazy. And I actually, like, I can't stand that record. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell them that all the time. I'm like, I, I don't like that record. But I think it's just because when I listen to it, it like... Of I course, get, like, yeah. I start shaking. Right. I'm like, oh, God. You know, but, um, but yeah, 
I don't know. I don't know if you want to expand on on any of that. I mean, honestly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, well, it was a dark time for the band because uh, um, we were kind of split into two factions. Me and Lance and Matt and Jesse, because Matt and Jesse had joined another band that had got picked up by a major. Mm. Um, and, and so there was some sensitivity there around that. But what Lance was going through in his personal life was, I mean, really, uh, yeah, I mean, really dark, dark, really dark. Ever. And so I think while we were writing the music, we were kind of in this weird, really somber place you know even the tones and the the sound of the songs and like lance said earlier we built that record basically just jamming in a room so vocals came at the end which was not normally how things had been done previously yeah the whole thing kind of felt like just backward and out of sorts yeah Um, and during that time too i mean i have no problem saying like i was self-medicating at that point you Mm -hmm. know just trying to stay level, you know, as much as well as I could. Of course. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, I, that's another thing too. I listen back to that record. I'm like, Oh man, I could have done this differently. Or, <laughs> I could have done that. Or, you know, I, I'm actually, I, I think I'm proud of the lyrics on that. Yeah. Um, although it takes me back to that, that time frame, but right. I, I really, um, I look at that and I'm like, Oh man, you know, it was just, it didn't take much for me to write those. And there's some of my favorite, you know, um, lyrics that I've written. So, and I don't usually like any of my stuff. So, <laughs> <laughs> Lance and I are very, um, but I think we bond over this. We're both very overly critical of ourselves and we self edit a lot. Um, I think personally and in music. So, yeah. but what was cool about mining for twilight? And I think this is kind of an interesting story. We tracked, all the music live together in 48 hours. Yeah. I think it was like, we were at the castle wow. in uh leapers fort and yeah, we were there old for, school all yeah. set up in a room, track the song. And then Lan- um, Matt and Jesse had to go finish the record with the other band that they had joined. So Lance and I um, had to finish the vocals and overdubs um, just the two of us. So we flew out to Santa Monica, which is where our good buddy and producer, Mark Nash, who's done all of our work together, had lived at the time. He lived in Nashville, but had recently moved to Santa Monica. And on the plane ride out there is the first time I saw the lyrics. Lance shared them with me, and he's like, is this stuff too honest? And I was like, this is perfect. Right, right. <laughs> My mother called me after the record came out and was like, are you okay? <laughs> she was crying. Yeah, I, I, felt, I can absolutely I see why. Yeah. <laughs> I think like anyone's mother would. <laughs> but I'm, I know Lance can't listen to the record, but it's one of the, for me, it's one of the things I'm most proud of that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Like when I listen to it, I'm just, it just feels so raw and honest and, and real, you yeah. know, and we weren't, trying to write for anybody else at that time, which, you know, lovesick, there was some pressure there. I know on you guys to write something more commercial. And I was going to ask actually, like, how do you feel about lovesick now? Um, there are songs that I really, I mean, it's tough, man. I, I, the sleep EP, I'm still really proud of Hmm. because that was just, I mean, that was our first, 
you know, bit of music that we put out and very pure. We were, it, it felt like when I listen to it now, I'm like, oh man, you know, we were just like figuring it out. And that, that's so much fun. I mean, that's a great place to be. Um, I think that's part of why, you know, we enjoy what we're doing now. We're still trying to figure it out, but yeah, but lovesick, um, you know, I remember in between like, like during lunch breaks at work, I'd be out in my car, like sitting there trying to like, okay, what, what's some big chorus I could come up with, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. And, but still like make it something that, you know, I would like or whatever. And it just felt like a lot of pressure. Um, the way it turned out in the end, I'm, I'm actually, I, I really like it. I was happy with it. Um, but we, you know, we did feel that pressure yeah. definitely. Um, because things were different, you know, yeah. we had a label, we had, you know, our, our manager, you know, who, who we loved, you know, at the time, I, I think he just, you know, he felt the pressure and was kind of telling us like, Hey, you, you know, you guys got to write some hits, you know, <laughs> we're like, what? <laughs> what what a time kind of to be, al- yeah. What a time to be alive <laughs> when it was writing hits. Yeah. yeah that was just yeah. how you did it. Yeah. Yeah. So did you guys just stop making music for almost 10 years? <laughs> well, we, we've made one last the band came back together and we made one last EP that was self-titled yeah. that we self-released. That was 10 years ago, yeah. 2008. Yep. And I'm really proud of that EP. It kind of went under the radar cause the band, well, we didn't promote it. We didn't promote it. And no, we were notoriously bad about engaging with people that enjoyed our band. <laughs> I feel like our fans, our fans, <laughs> the few that we had. And, um, so we put that EP out and then it was just kind of like, we could all tell that, you know, people were headed in different directions. And so Lance and I kind of dabbled, I'd say just the two of us trying to come up with ideas. And that's kind of where I think we had initially come up with the idea of doing something more electronic. Um, it's kind of out of necessity too. I think we just wanted, we didn't. We wanted to keep it just to he and I. Like we didn't want anybody else involved in it, it at the time. It's funny. I actually have written down that this Broken Codes feels like like something you had to make. Yeah. You know, it feels like it's a necessity. Oh, yeah. It was a labor of love, man. It, it was. It took forever. And well, it took three years. Yeah. yeah it took forever, man. And, and a lot of that, that was on us. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Um, you know because. Lance and I aren't spring chickens. Jesse isn't either our bass player. And, you know, your life starts to get pulled into all of these different directions as you age. And uh, you have to prioritize those things and figure out, well, you know, I have to devote this much time to my work and this much time to my relationships. And so a a lot of that stuff, um, you know, impacted why it took so long. But um, I think ultimately... We're very, very happy with it. Yeah, I mean, it took much longer than it should have. I, we started writing this stuff in 2011. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, at least a couple of those songs are Because we, play, we played with you guys at Rocket Town uh, yeah. in, like, 2014? 15? That's, no, 2015. That's crazy. It was 2015 yeah. because we – it was during the first year of Overwatcher. We started in 2014 and then released the first thing in January 2015. So wow. yeah, it's, that's so we, we played every one of those songs on there. I mean, that yeah. was that was still yeah. We had been playing those for a couple of years at that point already. Yeah, and we had had a, a practice space for a while, and 
had played a couple shows here and there. Um, but like Lance said, we were just trying to figure out how do we do this? You know, this is so new to us. Right. Um, so a lot of it was just trying to work through that and yeah. figure out, okay, how do we do this live without a drummer? How do we run loops? And we're still figuring a lot of that stuff out right now, you know, with how we want to present ourselves live next time, which we put a lot of thought into that kind of stuff, presentation. And, you know, we have like our own DIY lighting rig that we've built for <laughs> ourselves. And, um, Jesse has a fog machine. <laughs> Jesse has a fog machine. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it reminds me a lot of that emotion you're talking about when you were writing sleep, you know, like this whole new thing that you're just kind of figuring out. Yeah. And, it, and it's funny because, you know, this, so we, you know, we had written those other songs, 2011, you know, 2014 sort of time frame. Um, and now we feel like we're kind of starting all over again. And so that, that's fun. I mean, we, we what, we started practicing what about a month and a half ago. Yeah, we started we moved into a new house. Yeah. We've already got two and a half songs written. I mean, it, for us that's like huge. Like, it normally <laughs> takes years, obviously, right. um, for us to write. You know, any anything. So well, now <laughs> you're actually an electronic band, so you can like you probably have a much better grasp on like your instruments and the the tools that you're using as opposed to when you started. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. And, and it helps too. I know, um, you know, Mark Nash who, who produced that record and then he's working with us now too, you know, on the live show and what that looks like as far as like, just like logistically, you know, how, how we're going to work all that out. And he's, um, a lot better with that than I think we are. So, so I think he's going to come on board as kind of our, um, auxiliary member Cool. Yeah. for live shows and help it, run all the electronic aspects of things so the three of us can focus on the tactile stuff you yeah know? yeah enjoy it it's funny I, the last episode i just put out was with this 19 year old kid that just started this band just came out with his like first ever ep literally was like talking about the struggle of learning how to sing and play guitar at the uh, exact yeah. same time you know like this like <laughs> that's cool you know that kind of stuff and that's great and, it's cool to hear that um, at your age, which I don't know, but you are older than me. Um, and most Usually. of the people I have on are, you know, I'm 29. And so I have people on from who are older than me, younger than me. I, I kind of am in this fun little middle range. Yeah. Um, still still young, almost 30. It's no big deal. Yeah. Um, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but it's cool to hear you guys have that same type of mentality, you know, like, it, like that that isn't going away. Yeah. You know, I feel like a lot of yeah. people kind of put learning new things or or testing the limits of what they can do away, you know, at a certain age. And it's cool to see that you guys are, are doing that. Well, it's fun to approach things differently too, not just, you know, from like, oh, you know, we're going to use, you know, um, you know, loops this time or whatever. Um, we're actually approaching our songwriting a little bit differently too. You know, we, we'll talk about a feeling or, you know, an emotion and, and try to capture that, you know, for a second in the room. And then we'll talk about, what does that really look like or what, what sort of a topic, you know, should we have around that? And so I think we're being a little bit more collaborative, you know, the three of us and being a little bit more intentional that way too with, oh, our, yeah. with our songwriting. Yeah. I mean, so. sometimes we'll base it on a song title that we think sounds cool. What, what would this song title sound like? You well, know? What does it and, mean? What's the story you can write around that? You yeah. Know? And it's fun it's because, you know, I think when we were in the, structure of a traditional rock and roll band which is awesome that's an awesome thing 
you know, you, it's very easy to churn out and not do the self-editing. And I feel like with this project, we do a lot of self-editing. We'll, we'll come up with a part and then we'll rethink the part. And then maybe we'll say, oh, well, do we need to add a pre-chorus here? Do we need to remove that? You know, whereas I think before when it's four dudes banging it out in a room, you kind of know your role, you know where you sit. Right. Um, so that's been really fun. It almost yeah. feels more like a project in a way than a band to me. Yeah, and also we have to be really like, you know, sensitive with our with our time because we have, you know, wives and, and jobs and all that. So it's literally every, every Wednesday we practice and then it's like, all right, I'll see you in a week. Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. You know, we all have our, our all jobs. Have role. Interesting. Yeah, and so, you know, I'll come back and I'll have restructured, you know, like the loops and, and okay, let's try it this way or maybe added like some texture in one area here and we'll give it a shot and if we like it, cool. If not, I'll take that out and maybe try something else. So it can be a little bit of a lengthy process, but in the meantime, like, we're writing other songs. There are other things going on. So it does feel like a project because it's like you've got, you know, several things going on. But it, Yeah, and we do it all ourselves, you know. All, you know, all, you the, did the, all the video stuff the we've done. And, yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. All of that was the three of us just figuring it out. Like, you know, we're like, well, it's, we need to create some promotion around the EP since we don't have a label involved, really. So the three of us sat in a room and got a camera and figured out how, how to make little video clips to promote it. And, you know, that's fun to do. Um, and I like your point with like younger musicians coming in, talking to you. I mean, I turned 40 in a couple of months, Lance and Jesse are already in their forties. And, you know, I think a lot of times Just throwing them under the bus. No, 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 no. I've <laughs> got a birthday tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, when, um, okay. you know, when I was younger, when I started in year 30, I felt like, well, my music career, in quotes, is over, you know. But what I had to realize is I just have to reframe what that looks like. Mm. I'm still making music, and I'm making music on my terms. And that's kind of a cool thing to be able to do, you know, into this stage of life. And and we don't get to do it full time. Um, and that's every musician's dream, right? But I feel very uh, lucky to still create things and put it out there. And yeah, I mean, if people respond, that's cool. If they don't, right. cool. Uh, but I'm still going to keep making stuff. I mean, that was something when I first met you. I feel like a lot of people, you know, that are your age and did like something like they did in their 20s that you did, they, they either feel kind of jaded about it or they feel embarrassed or, you know, like they're just like, um, like that's not even me anymore. But like, it was, it was cool. And you met, like you were like ready to go, ready to talk about it. And, and I I just thought it was so sweet, you know, that you both had such a good relationship with that part of your life, but also were so excited about this new thing that you were doing. You know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Lance feels the same way, but self-acceptance is huge. And, and I've never been that kind of guy that's ashamed of anything that I've done musically, warts and all. Some of it I look back and I'm like, ooh, that's yeah. – but um, you have – I don't know. I, you have to accept what you've done. That's who you were at that point of your life. You yeah. know, When Lance – when we were in our 20s doing Celebrity, that's where we were at. That's a snapshot of that portion of our lives, and I can't change that. We can't change that, but 
Um, the opposite side of that too is like, you know, you could look back at, or we could look back at our twenties and go, "Oh man, I wish we could get back to that place." It, there's, yeah, there's. I mean, I don't feel that way one day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for for various reasons, but at the the same time, I mean, I, I can look back and and really have fond memories of you know of those shows that we played with those you know the bands and absolutely the songs that we were writing and the chemistry we had you know yeah and the opportunities opportunities that were presented to us were you know it's easy living in Nashville and I I feel like this a lot to get really to lose perspective right of the opportunities that you have had because you're surrounded by all of these other people that from your perspective as a musician have gone on to do so much more than you, right? But I always have to rewind and be like, wait a minute. We got to do what? We got to play right. a closed showcase for Atlantic Records? That was me? That was us? We got to do that. We got to go play House of Blues. We got to do all of these amazing things and and look at that and appreciate that for what it was in that time of your life. But also to keep progressing and say, okay, we're probably not going to be on a house of blues stage and that's okay, but we can still make cool shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's and all we want to do. <laughs> there, there's a level of stress that's gone away too. You know, now that we're doing it on our own terms, we don't, we don't have a label, you know, which has its, its pros and cons, you know? Um, I think we enjoy making music more now, a, that we can afford, decent gear yes. <laughs> um, and, and our bills guitar. are being paid at home <laughs> yeah exactly um you know and and a big part i know for us you know it's it's you know for me i've got you know three kids and being able to spend time with them and that that was a big reason why you know i've you know i think that was a big reason why we, we decided to stop touring too did they like your music <laughs> i think so question. gavin loves my music um I think Jonah likes some of it too, for the most part. But none of them want to be a musician. Like they're all, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so lame. So. <laughs> well, I but feel like right. in Nashville, you almost kind of feel like, oh, well, everybody is trying to do this. Yeah. I totally understand what you're saying about that. I feel like I, I mean, my small stint in touring that I did, even though I wasn't a musician, I feel like it's so you. You always compare what what I've done. To other, I've tried to. I always compare what I've done to other people and have to feel like i need to like name drop in this situation so i can be accepted by you know like or whatever but at the end of the day it just doesn't it doesn't matter you yeah, know what i mean like yeah. it was fun while it happened and i i i know what i got to do and i have some cool i remember i, I when we moved recently we we're just getting rid of a bunch of stuff as you do when you move and i was getting rid of some t-shirts and some just stuff that i had from that yeah. period of time and and my wife was like, I can't believe you're like getting rid of this. Like you, you always like wanted this kind of stuff, you know, to prove that you did this thing. And I was just like, yeah, but I mean, I know I did it. You know what I mean? And I have, I'm sure I have other, some other memento that probably means more to me than this dumb t-shirt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about. Yeah. It's the, the city has a weird kind of, it can have, an effect on people. I feel like if, if you're not careful of kind of where your mind is at, you know, you have to, I do it constantly where I like keep myself in check about it. You know, it's like, because you see, you know, a lot of successful people, um, selling a lot of records and, um, 
it's easy to fall in that trap of why, why did it work out for them and not for right. us or whatever it might be. But it's um, bullshit. I've seen him walk around and people be like, "How's an Alps fall?" Like, shut up. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a a definite contingent of people that want me to be 19 year old right. Ryan, you know, oh, for that, a long time. That they was want, part they of, want to freeze me at that part of my life, that which, which is of, cool. That's fine. It's yeah. totally cool. I get it. But yeah, there, there were, um, like fans of Hope's Fall that hated the fact that you were in our band. Oh. And that's part of why we had people standing in the front row. Mm. Oh yeah. They flipping the bird, at, you know, they would know. come up after to shows afterwards and say, it was such very a not nice back stuff. Then. Yeah, yeah. Like anytime, like a screaming band would, stop screaming or like with you know i mean hopes fall like like yeah and i was like i was like well just wait for their next right yeah 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 you're gonna be really pleased i was one of those people i was like what the hell is this This is such but it's it was betraying it was so weird too because like okay so like hopes fall did it and i was like oh this is such bullshit but then like other bands would do the same thing and i'd be like oh this is so sick and it was like there was no criteria as to who could do what there was just these like unwritten rules of whatever it was such a weird time yeah the, the hardcore scene is very strange and you know i i never fully consider myself a full-blown hardcore kid because you know i don't know i was influenced by so many different types of music i never wanted Mm -hmm. to be pigeonholed into one thing and it's funny i mean lance had no visibility into that scene at all you Mm -hmm. know so i kind of i was not a big yeah fan of hardcore and somehow you know we ended up playing with a lot of hardcore (laughs) bands and a lot of those bands became our fans too which was kind of cool Um, i mean yeah seeing seeing every time i die play live was like a totally new experience for me and i I loved it i mean i thought it was incredible and they still do it and i was blown away by those guys i actually thought about there's a total side note and then i'll get on to broken codes but um the other day they they just announced a tour recently with like all these newer bands that you know are coming up and blowing up in the hardcore scene and it just made me like really proud of every time i die that like they you know a band from my era is now like the gatekeeper for yeah. like the new bands i thought was just yeah. really awesome um, yeah and anyway that's total i've like haven't mentioned that to anyone i thought about it yesterday no, that's no, awesome that's cool. but um, but yeah, broken codes. I was so one thing I I just wanted to talk to you about even the concept of broken codes because you referenced it a couple times on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, so where did that? Where did, was the origins for that? Man, it was so long ago. That I wrote. <laughs> 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 they they call me Old Man Black for a reason. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is our nickname thing. for for Lance OMB. Um, I, you know, honestly, it, it, I think it was probably more of like a subconscious thing, and it just trying to figure out like what are we doing like you know not thematically but like literally what are we doing like we're, we were trying to figure out this new technology we're putting ourselves out there and um you know i think honestly i mean it was we were trying to crack this code and and i know like in that song you know i think that song itself I think I think it's funny because I kind of pieced it together over time. So I think it started off as, you know, the idea of a figurehead and what is that? You know, I was fascinated with with the idea, and it's interesting how 
kind of predicted over time. our current. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, that's, really. that was over time kind I had of manifested down with itself. that because I didn't know when you wrote that. Now it was, it was before the, this was like a political thing about it was what's before, going on. Uh, the Cheeto. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was before that, and um, yeah, it's funny, and it just kind of that song, yeah, evolved over over a period of time. I just really enjoy writing like dark songs too, for whatever reason. And that one kind of started off that way. I mean, like the first, the first verse on that's pretty dark, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think like that's my, you know, my sort of abstract view of you know a, a figurehead, you know, or, or the abuse of power, you know, possibly because not every figurehead is abusing power, but. Um, the one I had in my mind, the character I had in my mind when I was writing that definitely, definitely was much milder than her, <laughs> her current iteration, right, which is real. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So who knew? Yeah. My other, uh, jam on this record is spiritual. Uh, yeah. that's our favorite. Really? Oh yeah. Yeah. Cool. I can see why. Between the three of us for sure. Yeah. That one. It's kind of hidden at the end, but. So that one for me is that one was like a deeply personal song um in the sense that you know I, I was raised in a staunch you know Christian home with very fearful you know messages sort of you know if you weren't out there just grabbing people off the streets and like ministering to people you were going to hell you know and I totally relate and and, and it was yeah it was crazy i mean i felt like i lived in constant fear um which i know sounds really dramatic but um you know it was tough to get past too as an adult um but you know one thing that i i did really one thing that resonated with me when i was you know a kid is there were times where i did feel like you know god was with me and like i felt something happening you know um and, you know, and, and that's why there's the the lyric, you know, um, I want to feel hopeless and lost. I want, you know, I want to feel something, you know, move through my body. Um, and I think, you know, and I've, I've been to that point, you know, I know, I know everybody has where you're just like broken, something happened in your life where you're just totally broken mm-hmm. down. And then, um, you know, just that longing to feel sort of connection or just anything <laughs> feel better, you know, yeah, something bigger point. than yeah. yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's tough. And I think I wrote that one when I was kind of really at the point where it was like, man, I'm trying to figure things out. I don't know how I feel. I was questioning, you know, all sorts of things, you right. know, questioning faith. Um, I was, I was sure what I didn't want in my life anymore. Um, and, but I wanted to, I didn't want to totally lose the connection that I felt. I think that's mm-hmm. that's really what it's about. I think that is why it hit me because that's kind of the place I I find myself in currently too. That's awesome, so yeah. I, yeah, it was. Yeah, that song was like the moment I heard it. I was like, oh, this is this is what what's happening, you know? Yeah, all three of us, uh, Jesse included, all grew up in very um, conservative homes, and and the church was a pillar and and really it was the pillar you know that life was built around and mm. and um i think the three of us you know early on even before broken codes and in parallel bonded as soon as we all started playing together over that you know kind of that pressure you always felt 
you know, to understand eternity mm. by the age of eight, which is a crazy idea when you yeah. think about it. It's like, I just want to play with 18. my trucks and my Legos yeah. and, and you're asking me to, you know, contemplate the purpose of the universe and my place in it. And when Lance brought the lyrics in for spiritual, it was like, I mean, right now, look, I mean, I, I had chills. Like, I was like, dude, you just articulated what I've felt for a very long time. And then musically, it just has this kind of, it's, I don't know, it's beautiful, but sad at the same time. And I really feel it when I'm playing those parts, you know? Yeah, it's funny. I think it started off, like, I came up with, you know, the... I was trying to come up with sort of like a Depeche Mode like guitar line and that that you know opening line I think kind of hit that but then like as I played that and came up with other parts to it I, I was like man this it's really just like it feels like the way I feel right yeah. now and so you know I decided just to you know put put pen to paper and make it into you know marry the two so so you guys you had a new song on the stripped down EP and different. Yeah. Yeah. as a Pearl Jam cover. Actually. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, and so is there going to be new stuff coming down the pike? Definitely. Yes. Um, yeah. So we, we've got two songs that if we got in the studio tomorrow, we could knock those out um, pretty quick. And we're really excited about those. Um, you know, it's interesting because it has been so long, you know, it's been, you know, what, seven years since we had started writing for, broken codes um it's like you find yourself in a different place as a as a writer and so i write very differently now i sing differently now um and it, you know probably really small differences you know to other people but like when i listen to something I'm like, oh man i would approach that totally different now and um you know your taste changes over time and um i think we get this chance to kind of you know use you know what we've learned and apply it to this new stuff it's kind of funny how sometimes your second thing you put out it actually kind of feels like your real first thing because yeah. you kind of have to just write songs to get them out and mm -hmm. then figure out oh now i know how to do this yep. you know it's kind of like totally felt with that overwatcher i don't i the first ep i don't even like want to think about yep. like i don't really like it all but the second one i'm like oh i get it i can do this you know I, I, I could totally hear that between the two the two releases you guys put out it's like you figured out the concept the yeah. first the first one had great songs mm, and sorry. then the second one had <laughs> kind of a i don't know that's symmetry to it or something i don't know how to describe it but oh you just gotta go to a cabin in the woods and <laughs> write some songs man. that's it, it. Yeah, that's and great. It'd be great yeah so i i mean who knows what the the subject matter of the next what it will become because I mean, we've already got like two it songs. might take a while to get there but it might it, I, yeah i think i mean honestly i think um but it'll take however long it takes yeah yeah and i i think we can put out a three four song you know ep pretty quickly you know like in the next few months um i mean that's not out of the question i think what held us back in the past too is just we didn't have a, a consistent practice space mm. um and now we're actually you know we've got the gear to record on our own we've um, got the practice space and now. we've got the practice space so i think we can knock it out a lot quicker i think the other part is you guys also just have the uh you obviously have the ability to give into the process 
you know, because this one took so long and you were like, this is how long it takes and we just have to do it. You know, now if it takes shorter, you're like, cool, that's the process. Yeah, like, yeah. whatever it takes. I mean, we track, tracked it three different times, right? Yeah. Or attempted to track the EP wow. and we um, basically canned an entire recording. Yeah. You know, because it just, it wasn't there, man. And I think I'm probably the worst in the band about this. Like, just being like no comp I will not compromise on you know what things should sound like and what they should feel like and yeah you're good for the rest of us I, I, yeah like it's Jesse's a, great because he's super positive about everything, everything and, and we need great. that because Ryan and I get you know we like start feeling really bad about what we're doing it's a great but, it's it's a good quality when used properly right, but when yeah. not used properly it's a terrible <laughs> i mean i would argue that about just about I, any quality yeah yeah, yeah you're right i've learned that. that as i've gotten older to you know sometimes you have to compromise but um you know if you're putting something out there that's permanent you anything want it to can be, sound better you want it to mm-hmm. be the best it you can know? be within mm-hmm. the realm of possibility, possibility yeah. yeah yeah you gotta be realistic about it too like you can't just yeah. keep going and going and going and never put it out see so. i'm that i'm the the stop bit guy like i i that in overwatcher like uh our guitar player josh could could tweak things till you know forever just keep going and keep going and keep going and i just had to be like all right the song is done yeah. you know like i can't do it anymore. jesse is definitely jesse and mark mark yeah. i think on figurehead i probably tracked the guitar solo in that probably a dozen times, and I was like, well. "This is not, this is not it." And Mark, but you were right though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when we recorded over at Emerson's, you were. I mean, it just wasn't, it wasn't working out yeah. for whatever reason. But and Mark we said we're it. done, and yeah. I was like, I thought he meant we were done and we're never going to revisit. And then a couple weeks later, we came back into the studio. He's like, "All right, we're going to do that right now." When I had fresh ears, you know, mm. to do it. So yeah. And it was great. We we all knew when you had it. <laughs> yeah, it was. You turn your phone cool. on. Do not disturb. Yeah, I'm the one getting phone calls. <laughs> Trying to res- respect the uh, sanctity of uh, the local wave, man. I'm not. Uh, so, <laughs> um, so I typically end the podcast with two questions for you guys. Um, the first one being a fun one, and we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but um, what is like your biggest fan moment that you 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 being fans that you've gotten to have mm-hmm. maybe because of a band you've been in or, or whatnot. I know you guys got to go backstage and I nails yesterday, so. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was cool. <laughs> we didn't we didn't get re- really get to meet anybody, but yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. My fan experience is, um, and I hope this doesn't come across like I'm bragging because <laughs> because I actually handled it in the worst way you could possibly handle it. <laughs> um, we were in New York and we were at um, Mercury Lounge. I think we were seeing Sahara, Sahara Hot, Hot Nights. Nights yeah. If anybody remembers yeah. that band. Um, but uh, anyway, we were hanging out, and um, one of the, I think she was an intern who worked for TVT Records, um, was roommates with Gideon Yego. I don't know if you remember who Gideon Yego was. He was like MTV News guy. Oh, okay. And um, he had gotten a hold of our EP, our first EP. Um, and um, he started sharing it, and it got to James Ehaw and the Smashing Pumpkins. And he oh. happened to be at the show that night, and he came up and was like, man, I, this is, I've been spending this all summer, and was like really polite. Good. 
Yeah, and I like I had this total like freak out. Like I, I was, you know, I told him thank you, and I shook his hand, and I turned around and just ran. <laughs> That's and it. I missed man. this entire interaction because I was no. outside the venue. Yeah, and J- anyone that knows me knows that I am obsessed with the Smashing Pumpkins. Right. So yeah. when they came out and told me that, I was like. Beside so myself yeah. and so mad at myself. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was missed my with chance myself too. to meet him. <laughs> I think Jesse handled it pretty well. Yeah, Jesse generally handles yeah. those kinds of situations way better than me and Lance were too awkward. Yeah, he, he cleaned up after me. I, I feel like I find myself very much in the middle. Like I'd like <laughs> to think that I'm really good at it. I'm probably not. <laughs> I just never That's know what to crazy. say. I never yeah. know what to say. No, me neither. You think you're going to. Yeah. Like, you're like, I have so many feelings about the things you've done, but then yeah. the moment you get the chance, you're like, I don't know what it, a feelings are. What are feelings? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah you're just like, <laughs> well, then, you know, if you overthink everything like yeah, I do, absolutely. you're like, oh, what would I say to this guy right now that he's never heard? And, you know, I, ran, I mean, I um, had a friend who had set up um, this backstage, like, meet and greet when The Cure was playing the, the Curiosa Festival. And I met Robert Smith, and I was like, has You're a picture with him. So oh my inspirational. Gosh. That makes me want to like, throw uh, up. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's like one of my I mean dream people oh, yeah. in the world. All us too, man. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I don't think I handled that one very well either, but I I there's no way what do you how say, could you? What do you yeah. say to Bob, man? Yeah. yeah. I mean <laughs> Bob is Bob is king. Yeah, he is. <laughs> That's what we we call him Bob in the band. What about but, you? That's his close friends call him. Oh man. That's tough, man. That threw two out there, man. <laughs> Step up. Oh man. There's a there's a lot, man. It's hard to pinpoint. Yeah, I was gonna say you've gotta have at least a couple. Honestly, man, and, and this is gonna sound cheesy and being able to play in a band that I loved, celebrity, was a huge moment for me because my life at the time was in a very bad place and to have a second chance and to also have a second chance with a band that I admired and uh, was inspired by was amazing. And, and then to tack on to that, we just became great friends yeah. and we still get to do it. You know, I mean, that to me is the best part is to find like-minded people and to make something together. And I know that's not like a big, like meeting a famous person that I admired. And I, I got to do a lot of that too. Um, but for me at that stage of my life, it was the best possible thing that could have happened to me. And I mean, you joined your favorite band. Like, I joined cool one of that? my favorite like, bands, cool. and 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 to be welcome into the band. I mean, the guys were so welcoming, and they're like, "Do your thing, man." It wasn't a "You need to do this." They're like, "Do your thing," and that's the highest compliment you could receive is to walk into something that already exists, and you know, for Lance, Jesse, and Matt, and now me, Lance, and Jesse to continue to do that is just killer. It's killer. I mean, it's, it's a big deal to, to have, you know, be friends with the people that you're making music with, but, but also be a big fan of each other because 
Ryan and Jesse are both like like Jesse's my favorite bass player, hands oh, down. Hands down, there's he's, no question. He's incredible. I mean, we were joking the other day, like he, Ryan and I could be in a room practicing for two years by ourselves and Jesse be on a leave of absence and then come back and he'd be in there just playing it perfectly and never miss a beat. We need the practice. He doesn't right. need yeah, it. Jesse's a machine. But, you know, Ron, I always know if if I write a song, Ryan's going to take it to another place I didn't expect. And it, and it always turns out like way better than I Well, the podcast, the, the tagline for the podcast is be a fan of your friends. So this is a oh, great moment awesome. of that. That so, is, man. That's excellent. Um, and then the last thing is uh, what are you guys most proud of? And it could be creatively or in life or whatever you'd like. You may have already answered the question already. Wow. Dude, that's, that's, that's a that's big a question. question. I know. That's why I like to ask <laughs> well, it. Do, it you have, be... do you have one for for yourself? Not, have you shared on the podcast before? I don't I'm know. curious. I mean, creatively, obviously the second Overwatcher EP, I haven't really created a whole lot in my life. Like, I've never really been the guy that's been the singer of the band. I've been the person trying to talk to all the bands about how cool they are, you know, which yeah. I'm doing now. But um, that's where I feel much more comfortable. So for that, I feel very proud that I pushed myself on that second EP to do something that I now can specifically on the song alone um, like in the concept that I wrote about it uh, on that EP made me feel just like wow I could actually do this this is cool and the fact that people like you you and, did do and it you didn't people, actually yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but people like you and like uh, a lot of other people that I looked up to thought that it was legitimately good was like all I needed. You know, there was, when we started, there was like this talk of like, are we going to be a band? Like, what are we going to, you know, are we going to go on tour? Are we going to try to do this? And, and I didn't really, I've always been a bigger fan of of bands like celebrity that, that have, are like culty bands. Like I, those are the bands I'm more drawn to. And so that's all I wanted Overwatcher to be was a a band that like people that I wanted to like, like it, you know, and they did. I get that. That I mean, like we love, we, we loved the both, both EPs. I I know you don't listen to the first one, but um, I'm not just, (laughs) I'm not just blowing smoke. It's it's unique and, and fun to listen to. But there's not a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, creatively, certainly that that would be my answer. And in life, I haven't really thought about it. Probably still being married after two years. I know that seems like no, kind of silly, but my parents that. got divorced really? multiple times, and so it's like a really big deal to me that I'm still married and hope and will be married. Dude, marriage know, is so. amazing, dude. It's great. It's people. People. <laughs> you know, a lot of people slam it but man i mean lance and i both have great women in our lives that make us better people and honestly they're way cooler than us (laughs) yeah oh yeah Yeah. way way they're gonna listen to this podcast and just make fun of (laughs) it's cool so what about you guys no one's ever asked me that actually um Just the ability to continue to create music on my terms, on our terms. That's something that's always been important to me um, creatively is doing what I think is right, even if it's not popular or um, uh, successful or whatever it might be. But um, I don't know. That's huge because a lot of people do get 
um, you know, influence to change who, what they're doing and what they're creating. And I feel like we've done a good job at that and protecting that Mm -hmm. together. And that's something to be very proud of, I think. And, um, looking across the body of work and that's a neat thing too, to, to just look at it and be like, wow, that's really cool to, you know, be like, man, we did all that. That's really neat. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, there's I so many to bring things, in man. Some old Hope's Fall records for you to sign, but they were way too expensive. <laughs> they are way too expensive, and I can't believe anybody listening. I can't believe you pay that much money for it, and I feel bad that you have to pay that much money for it. I'm not that kind of guy. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, being married uh, to my wife and being with my wife for almost 15 years now—that's crazy. Dating and marriage combined, and that's definitely a a proud thing for me. And we also just that had we... our anniversary, so that's why Congrats. another that's big great, one man. for me. So that's and, why it was like fresh. I mean, not that I'm not proud of that, but yeah. it was certainly fresh in my mind. Yeah, and just as you get to this stage in life, just the life that you've built for yourself, it's always important to reflect on that and acknowledge that and honor that because it's very easy to get caught up in the next thing. You know, and I have to consciously make myself do that because I'm such a like next thing kind of guy. Like, what's the next thing that I need to do or accomplish? Uh, and instead, looking backwards and saying, "Look at what you've already done," and mm. um, acknowledging that what we do have is enough. You know, because it's easy to get trapped in that. Oh, certainly. certainly. Idea. <laughs> what about you, Lance? <laughs> I don't know if if it's something I'm proud of, but I, I'm definitely grateful that I, I feel like I've gotten sort of a, a second life. <laughs> um, so, you know, pretty much when I look back at, you know, I don't want to say when I look back at the way I was raised because I, I adore my parents and, and my siblings. Um, but there were some rough things about my upbringing. Um, and then, you know, then into my 20s, you know, I, I really... I had this just really difficult marriage and, and, you know, my son, you know, nearly losing him, you know, a few times (laughs) and then being able to get to the place where I've moved past that. I mean, my son has been, you know, relatively healthy for the past few years. Um, you know, I've remarried and I'm, I'm married to an incredible woman who challenges me. Um, in, in a good way, you know, I think everyone could say their spouse challenge, challenges right, them right. on some level, you know, but, um, but yeah, um, I just feel really, you know, and, and then even with the band, you know, at the fact that I'm, I've still got, you know, Jesse and Ryan as great friends, you know, and, and we're still writing together and it's so easy. It, I mean, we get together and not easy in a complacent way, but like, it just feels so natural and, and it's exciting. We get together and we're all really easy going. I could tell Ryan, I'm like, dude, try something else that's not working or whatever. Yeah. He could, I always ask him, like, does this singing part suck? And I know when Ryan goes quiet, I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to write something else. <laughs> <laughs> and Jesse's always like, yeah, man, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> so I always have to judge. But, but you know, we've learned how to communicate that way, I think, you know, just the nonverbal stuff too. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think, you know, and then also like just 
leaving my small town, you know, which a lot of people stayed and in, in, they're doing their thing. And, and that's great. Um, but my eyes were really opened when I left and I felt like, you know, I crossed over, you know, I grew up in California and so I crossed over the desert and then saw what the rest of, you know, the United States was like at least and met a lot of really cool people and it really changed my views on a lot of things and it really helped me through sort of that transition out of all of that fear that I felt. Um, so I like to like, I like to ask this question because of kind of the reason you said, um, Ryan, where I feel like so often people don't really get the credit in life for doing the things that one, they're scared to do. And two, they're supposed to do because so often I find that, um, when you do the things you're supposed to do, you just think like, or people tell you, you well, why would I give you feedback on that? You're supposed to do that, you know? And in that, and so many people don't do the things, you know, that they probably should do for themselves. And so it's so important to reflect on that kind of stuff. And then the other one is stuff you're afraid to do, you know, which, in which you just said, Lance, I mean, that's such a big deal even I mean I did similarly like moved out of my small town in New Hampshire and I'm super proud of that too um mm-hmm. and and feel like now I'm able to see the world in a whole different way because you didn't stay in one place I'm sure we both all know people who stayed in that and and mm-hmm. that's fine too like that you know if that's mm-hmm. like what they wanted to do absolutely and, um but um but for some people you know getting out is the is the right move and so I think it's just important to look back and and think about that kind of stuff sometimes. That's why I like asking that question. It's funny. I, I, it's a good question. It is. Uh, well, the funny part is, is uh, I don't think I've ever. I might have said this on a podcast before, but I when I first came up with it, uh, I it was during my first episode, and I didn't. I didn't have really anything prepared. Like I didn't know what I was doing, and it was with one of the biggest guests I've ever had. Uh, but. Um, I just asked them that question. Like that was like the last thing. Like I just decided like, oh, I need, I feel like having (laughs) stuff to ask everybody would be a cool idea. And I had no clue. And so I just asked them that. And then it just became the question now that I end on every time. And it's kind of funny how it's serendipitously worked out that way. It's definitely a good one to, to end on for (laughs) sure. Yeah, guys. Well, this has been great. I'm so stoked. We covered all the ground I wanted to cover and, it was great. Yeah, this has Thanks, been man. really fun, yeah. man. Yeah. Thanks for having us on, too. Yeah, well, next time when you put out more stuff, I'll have you on again. Oh, yeah, we'd love it. to, man. Motivation. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, here we go. Hit that space bar. Today's music was Spiritual by In Parallel off the EP Broken Codes, which you can go stream anywhere you stream jams and go to follow them at in parallel band to get the link to buy that vinyl Uh, a big thank you to kyle at the tiny tape room as always for producing charles at platoon for the logo and branding lucas uh from just lucas i guess now uh, for doing all the video work and for social media and lastly thank you for listening be a fan of your friends and love one another